What's good, people? I just want to take a quick second to tell you about our sponsor, Trilogy. Trilogy is an independent employees benefit consultant firm. They specialize in custom benefit solutions for employers and do not believe that one size fits all. They are passionate about helping employers create benefit packages that attract and retain top talent in their field. They believe education is key to employers and employees understanding and getting the most out of their employee benefits. You must check out Trilogy if this is a service that you need. Now let's jump into the episode. Welcome to the Guthrie America podcast. We sit down with the amazing people who do life in our community and people who once did because we believe every story should be told. I'm your host, Hetty Coleman. Today, I'm sitting down with Eric Coleman. Before we jump in this conversation with Eric, will you please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review? It would mean the world to me if you did that. Also, you can go uh, like us and follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Guthrie America. Uh, Also, when the episode comes out, when you listen to it right now, go ahead and share it if you would, please. Share it with your friends and family. Let them hear uh, the story of Eric Coleman and how he grew up in the wonderful, fabulous Guthrie America. Eric, how you doing today, man? Awesome. It is good to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, I think Eric may be the first... A uh, person that I've had on the show that does not live in Guthrie currently. I just recently decided that I wanted to do people who also was raised in from Guthrie. And so I think you're the first person. So I appreciate that. Uh, tell folks a little bit about uh, who you are, what you're up to right now. Well, like you said, I grew up in Guthrie, the last of 13 children. Uh, me and my twin sister Erica, we um, fin- rounded it out. But um, I am a father of five, living in Nashville, suburb of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, enjoying life and uh, having fun. All right. So, f- how many children? Five. Five. Now, were you trying to get to thirteen? No, I told my father he will keep that trophy forever. <laughs> So what? Tell us uh, what is it? What was it like growing up with twelve siblings? Fun, fun, fun. A lot of uh, football games, track meets, a lot of uh, BTU services, a lot of church services, a lot of uh, loud homes, and just fun. You know, we were always had something going on, so it was never a dull moment around our house, and um, it was a lot of love and. I have many, many fond memories. So when you have uh, 12 siblings, like the friend pool is probably so deep. Like tell tell me a little bit about what it was like growing up with 12 siblings and then having all those friends. Because, I mean, I, I'm imagine I know where you lived at. I'm your nephew. But mm-hmm. the house size plus 12 siblings plus friends, what was that like? Like how often was the house jam-packed? Well, you know, it's – as many of us that lived in the house, amazingly, we always had people living with us. <laughs> so, <laughs> my mother, she uh, she loved to help help people, and so we always had to share our space. But um, it was um, I always think of the Sanford and Son little promo: same room, same bed, same underwear. Okay, <laughs> that <Yeah>. was us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So we shared a lot of clothes. So you know, um, but it was always fun because we always traveled 
around the neighborhood as a pack. And so, you know, it was, you know, us playing football together on the brick streets and um, always uh, eating Brahms on a Friday night. So uh, it was fun. Now, uh, we're talking about, if you're from Guthrie, we're talking about on the corner of Vilas and Third Street. Yep. Is, is where the house was that you grew up in. Um, you, now, you mentioned the whole football on the brick streets. Kids don't play football in the streets anymore, and I don't know wh- what that's about, uh, but they just don't do it. Why do you think that is? Blame it on Nintendo, <laughs> Xbox, <laughs> PlayStation 9. <laughs> but you're right. You know, you don't see that anymore. You don't no. see kids playing football in the streets, but we have plenty of banged-up knees, oh my goodness, scraped-up yeah. elbows. Yeah. We're almost tackling each other out there. No, well, you know, we did tackle each other in the yard, but uh, Grandpa did not want us uh, in the yard because uh, the grass that supposedly he wanted to grow. Yes. I just don't remember the grass, but he never <laughs> wanted us to play football in the uh, in the street. I That's mean, true. in the grass. So That's true. We played in the street, and, yes, some, sometimes people got tackled. Now, we also raced. Yeah. Like, on that same brick street, there was a lot of races. A lot that of happened. races. Uh, talk to us about like the races. Are, are, are we also boxed on the side of the house? Yes, here, we did here in Guthrie, America. Talk to me about some of those experiences for you. Oh man, those were fun because you know you got to prove how tough you were, and so you know it was the Coleman's against the other kids in the neighborhood. And so my mom, I don't know where she got the idea, but one Christmas she brought us, she bought some boxing gloves. <laughs> It was a good idea to start out with, but, man, we would start out with uh, this team against this team, and um, before you know it, somebody would be like, oh, no, and that's not fair. You can't hit me that hard. Yeah. And so we go rolling down the weeds, but we would always break it up. But it was it was fun because, you know, that's where we built our friendships. Mm-hmm. The, the people we hung out with then, we're, we're friends with now. Every time I come back to Guthrie, I go visit my friends, and so, you know, they're like family. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 that's so true. Okay, so tell me about uh, growing up in Guthrie as far as school goes. Like, um, what was your experience like? And kind of start with elementary, then maybe transition to uh, middle school, then high school, and then we'll, we'll talk from there. Oh, man. I mean, I remember all of my teachers. All of my teachers were like my second mother. Who's your first grade teacher? Mrs. Harris. You know, she was second grade. Second grade. I see her face, and I don't want to say her name wrong. Third grade was Mrs. Love, Mrs. Lewis at that time. Fourth grade, Mr. Anderson. Fifth grade, Mrs. Andrews. Sixth grade, Mrs. Lily. And then, of course, junior high just spreads yeah, all over the place. You can't, if you can remember junior high, you're really good. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Morrow, she was one of my teachers in junior high. And Mrs. Tartar. Now, was second grade was Miss Mitchell? My second grade. Oh, she had the room that was, she had the room in the annex room. It wasn't attached to the main building. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember. But it was funny. I, I cried. I was I cried at the end of every school year because I didn't want to leave my teachers. Oh, my goodness. I would cry every year. And they would be like, Eric, it's going to be okay. You can come back and visit me. <laughs> I don't want to leave you. Now, um, so elementary, like, do you feel like you stayed the same kid from elementary to, to uh, middle school? Or what were some things that maybe changed about you from going from elementary to – and here now they do uh, neighborhood schools. When you were in school, you didn't do neighborhood schools, meaning like one school would have uh, pre-K up to, what, fourth grade? 
So you stay in one school for that entire time where you went to Banner, Cotterill. Oh, wow. Uh, Fogarty. That would be different. Favor. Mm-hmm. And so now everybody's in one school for up from zero to, to fourth grade. But talk, talk to us about elementary, like your transition from that to middle school, or here we call it junior high. You know, like I said, all of my teachers, they were um, really pivotal and, pivotal and shaping me because I can remember, like, comments like Mrs. Harris. She would, you know, sometimes I didn't have – the dime for the little chocolate milk and she would bring me into the little closet in the back of the room and she'd say here eric here's your dime you know and so when we when i when i pass it out you can get you milk and then i remember um mrs lily because she always would encourage us to be respectful to adults so she would always when you walk into her room she would stop you what do you say, Eric? Good morning, Mrs. Lily. Okay, you can go sit down. I mean, so I remember all those things. Yeah. And Mrs. Love, she always would push me to go into the accelerated class, and I was a knucklehead, and I would cry my way out of it. I don't want to leave you. And she's like, you need to be in the accelerated class, but I don't want to leave you. It was I just remember all those things. So they pushed now, who, us. Which grade, who was Miss Lily? Mrs. Lily taught in sixth grade at Favor. Okay, 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 yep. okay. Miss Lily, I don't remember her. Yep. Miss Lily. Um so favor, uh, you know, we know the history behind favor. It mm-hmm. once was uh, um, the the black high school. Is that the correct way to say it? It was the black high school. And then eventually, you know, they integrated schools. And then favor became, was it just sixth grade in favor? When I was, yep. Yep, it just was six, sixth grade. Just sixth grade. So then out of sixth grade, do you remember having to go from sixth grade to middle, uh, junior high? Oh, like, yes. Like, was that a big experience for you? Like, I felt like it was such a scary thing to go from – uh, sixth grade to uh, the junior high. That's true. Going to multiple classes. Yeah. You were kind of excited on one hand, but you were like, what is this, you know, going from a class? But it was it was good because you were exposed to different teachers and different teaching styles. So they would all challenge you in different ways. But, uh, yeah, it, I remember it being a transition because you were used to just sticking with that one teacher. And like I said, I was, I was a little, you know, a little mama's boy. I just attached to him. <laughs> and I'm sure they were like, Please go. Back up, please, son. Please go. Uh, so when you got to uh, junior high, did you find a pivotal moment in your life, like that becoming a teenager? Was there an experience that you remember here, here in Guthrie, America? That's a good question because I do have pivotal experiences. Uh, I remember when I, I tried to play basketball, never good at it. And I remember Coach Young, he would just look at me at practice. He like, Coleman, I know you trying. <laughs> And I, and I remember he told me one time, he asked me a question about practice. And I gave him the whole cliche answer, uh, practice makes it perfect. And he looked at me, he said, no, Eric. He said, perfect practice makes perfect. He said, I need you to practice like you want to play in the game. So that stuck with me. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Who's your principal uh, when you were in junior high? Mr. Quinn is who I remember. So he's the one that, you know, Coleman. Get him office. <laughs> so yeah, we I, I had to visit Mr. Quinn a few times, and back then we had paddles. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah you was getting sw- yeah you was getting swats if you was going through the office back then. Yes, but he was good because he he always you know when I just remember him when he would get you in his office, you know he would talk to you like you were his son. Yeah. He'd be like, Eric, now you know. Come on, man. You know, he would always encourage yeah. you. It wasn't like a principal relationship. No, yeah, no. He was super cool, but but had a fatherly kind of approach yes, to, he did. to being a principal. Yeah, I remember that about him. Uh, super cool. Um, now, did you play football in junior high? Yes. Did you play seventh and eighth grade? Yes. 
uh, did you play football just because your brothers played, or did you really? Yes. Which yes, I hated so, football. I know. <laughs> I hated every moment of it. But they all played it, and all my friends were playing. So I just grit my teeth and bear it. And I got no game. So after the game, I'd have to rub my jersey against the grass. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, now what, you, what I do know, and we'll talk a little bit more about this, is did, when did you start running track? I ran track, man. I think I ran track every year. Oh, really? You started in uh, junior. sixth grade, or was it junior high? No, I think I ran track in junior high also. Okay. No, I'm saying, did you? What, there was no track in sixth grade, though. No, 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 no. Not okay. sixth grade. Seventh, seventh starting in seventh grade. Seventh grade, you started running track, mm-hmm. and that was probably too because of your brother's influences on you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because all of uh, all of them ran tra- track as well. Mm-hmm. Now. You go through seventh and eighth grade, junior. Was during that time was there any cool things going on that you remember that you connected to? Uh, got through like downtown or anything like that? Oh yeah, me. We had. Um, I remember when we got. They started, you know, remodeling a lot of downtown, and they had the uh, the Victor Mall. Yeah, that was a huge deal. Was that junior high for you or high school? That had to have been junior high. Yeah, because that was definitely it was already there in high school, I think, okay. and so. That was really cool. And then, you know, one of our close friends, his dad was the postmaster. So, you know, that kind of helped, you know, us create a camaraderie. And then our friend's Who's dad. David? Uh, Bradford. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then a friend of ours, one of the kids in our high school class, his dad owned a little shoe store, athletic shoe store right there across from the post office. Oh, Nelson. Nelson's. And so we hung out. You had the Lily's Drug Store. I think it was called Lily's. Yep. And uh, we would go get our cherry limeade. Cherry limeades from Lily's was delicious. Yeah, so we, I mean, we hung out a lot. And then my brother had a job at the Guthrie Daily Leader, and so he was in. We called him the inserter. Like several of them did. Didn't Anthony? Like several people had yeah. jobs. There. Michael was but the main Michael one. The, yeah, he was the. guy. He started it. He was the guy. Yeah, and, and then so. uh, there were several others that that worked there as well. Now talking about making that transition from sixth grade to junior high being a big deal. What was that transition like from junior high to high school? Do you remember, like, was that a scary moment? I mean, high school for for me, you know, it was, it was, a, a, you know, a lot of sports. I mean, we were really into sports, right? So, you know, I remember a lot of basketball games. Of course, my thing was track. Yeah. So um, that's what I was best at. So we were always, you know, running track, me and most of my friends. I quit playing football, I think, after my freshman year. I, I may have played my sophomore year, but after that, I stuck with track. But again, you didn't play football your senior year for a little bit, mm-mm. no, because I had a knee. Okay, I had a knee injury, and so. Um, but again, we had really cool teachers. You know, I can remember you know a lot of experiences with our teachers. What's some teachers that stand out to you, and, and why? Well, um, Mrs. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Head, she uh, she had to get on me a lot. <laughs> Because yeah, we yeah she yeah she she was our mom at school too. So she she um she taught us a lot outside of just school. You know, she would pull us aside. What are you doing? You know, how you spending your time? How you doing in this and that? And so she was really she kept up with us. And so uh, and then my art teacher. um, Yep. So Uh, we have Mary Beth. Mary Beth Gilliland, and so she was. She goes to church with us. Oh, that's right. She yeah. does. Uh-huh. And so I still have some of my artwork from high school that she helped me with. I've kept it all these years. So I don't know if you know. So Nia, 
our youngest uh, is uh, is an artist, and she draws and stuff. And Mary's been, she was really trying to get Nia to really catch the bug and things like that. Nia still draws, but she, I don't think she's caught it, caught it. Like mm-hmm. I'm hoping she does as well. Like as far as being an artist, because she's, she's now, is she still like teaching art. Mary, no, she was just bringing stuff from her house. Oh, like, really? To to, uh, to Nia and like dropping it off on the porch and oh, wow. just really trying to get Nia to catch that bug for. Mm. Uh, for for the artistic skill that I think Mary sees that as well in her and so but yeah Mary's so sweet too yeah I mean we had awesome teachers growing up what about Miss Green Mrs Green yep I I don't I don't know if I had her as my teacher but you know she no, was no but yeah she was still she was, though oh she was always Miss Allen Mrs Allen yeah you know Miss Allen passed away and Mrs Pfeiffer she I can still remember Mrs Pfeiffer she taught English yes. and I remember when I uh, graduated she wrote on my um, my last test, she wrote, she said, Eric, I know whatever you do, you're going to be great at it. Thank you. See, I remember stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't write that on mine, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> she did not write that. Miss Pfeiffer, if you listen to this, I'm still wondering why you didn't write that on mine. Uh, I think she still lives around here. I th- Crescent, maybe. I, I'm not for sure, but I, I think she does. I may be wrong. If you're listening, uh, leave a comment or something. Message me, text me, tell me if she still lives here. Uh, so, uh, high school track. Now, you were pretty scholarly. Like, what was that like for you? Uh, I remember, like, you would take calculus and, and things like that. You you And also, I remember watching you uh, get ready to graduate high school. I thought it was pretty impressive how – you knew where you wanted to go to school. You knew you wanted to go to OU. Mm-hmm. You did uh, everything you needed to do in order to transition to go to college. But uh, what was it like? Like, did you see that Guthrie really provided you what you needed for the most part while you were in high yeah. school to get, to make that transition? Yeah. A lot of my teachers were very supportive. Um, Mrs. Ireton, my calculus teacher, she 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 prepared me. She said, Eric, you're going to be ready. You're going to ace that calculus class at OU because she, she prepared me for it. And so um, I would come back after my my first semester, Mrs. Pfeiffer, look, I made this grade. Now, once I got to calculus three and four, <laughs> triple integrals, I don't know who invented that stuff, but they should be put in prison. The question is, have you used any of that since you uh, left? Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know who uses triple integrals. If you use those, uh, call in because I want to. I want to know what you do. <laughs> you want to know that job, whatever that job is. Or, uh, yeah. Uh, so let's just talk about this real quick. Like, we know that you ran track. We know Coach Carter. Uh, we just lost a great man, a legend yes. in our community. Yes. What is what did Coach Carter mean to you as a, a, a oh, young man. man growing up running track? Man, don't make me cry. Coach Carter was. He was. He was such an instrumental person in my life and my brother's life mm-hmm. because, you know, I remember he was always there regardless of, you know, which one of us was running track for him or, you know, attending his church. You know, he was always there encouraging us, pushing us. And, um, you know, I was telling you and uh, we were messing each other, messaging each other and I was talking about how. You know, when we would get out of track practice, you know, we would all wait because we didn't want to walk all the way across town. So he was the one that he had his route dropping all of us off to our houses after track meets at midnight, getting back to Guthrie. Um, And then, you know, of course, you know, we went to summer camps and his church was instrumental in helping us get to, you know, Camp Hudgens, Falls Creek. And so he and his wife, they're like family to us. Yeah. Yeah. Noble Avenue. 
Yes. You remember RAs? RAs. And we would go over there on Wednesdays and yep. we'd play uh, Tackle the Man football as soon as church was out. <laughs> yep. It would be so it would many be dark. of us. It would be dark and we'd be playing football in yeah, that little field there. Yeah, the field. Yeah, it would be pitch dark out there playing football. Did you ever get to go to camp with us? I never went to you camp. You were a little bit younger. I was a little bit younger and I still did not I did not want to go to camp. <laughs> I still don't want to go to camp. Camp, <laughs> camp was fun. That's where Man, we learned partially camp. how to swim. Yeah. <laughs> no, everybody loves false free, but yeah, I remember you all would go all the time and like leaving for a week. I, I don't think I could have done that back then. <laughs> no way in the world. Um, but also the Dreesons, yes, uh, Mr. Dreeson would come with yes. the pickup truck, yes. load everybody up, yes, go over to uh, Nova Avenue for Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, was really cool times, and you know, uh, uh Danny. Dan Dreesen is now – he moved back together, and so he's here and kind of watching his kids grow up is really cool, and he's wow. still faithful That's cool. uh, to the church. So uh, not – no, I mean, he goes to a different church, but still faithful to the church. And, mm-hmm. uh, so it's cool to see that. Um, but, yeah, Coach Charter used to uh, pick people up, take them home. Did he make like – like he would get load up kids, take some home, and then come back and get more kids? Well, I just remember his – he had a, a, a Jeep Cherokee. Yep, Jeep Cherokee. White, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. I just remember it was always full. Yeah. (laughs) Because a lot of us did not have rides home. And so some of us, we we didn't have cars in high school. And so uh, it was always full. I know he would make his round. And normally I think I was the last drop-off point because I was closest to him going to his house. (laughs) But, yeah, he had a route. Yeah, he had a route. He had a route for sure. Now, did now you didn't run cross country, but I don't remember. Did he used to ride the bike as we had to run distance? Like, if – or he, was that later? He, um, the only time I ran cross country, I think, was my senior year because he wanted me to improve my quarter time. Okay. And I wasn't playing football, so he was like, "You can run cross country." Yeah. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into. But <laughs> I, did you do the whole season? I think I made it through, but it was running out on those hills out uh-huh. north of the school when it's like. 35 degrees and it's raining and the wind is blowing i'm like why am i doing this again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why am i coach Charter, how did you convince me to do this uh, but yeah did he have the bike then did he ride alongside y'all and i don't remember the bike yeah he, so, so at some point and that's what i'm saying i don't remember him having a bike when i was in school but i didn't run cross country uh but um he he now has been known for riding his bike, his bike while his while the students were running. He would go get on the bike and kind of get out there on the streets with them and, and go cool. back and forth to yeah. And it was it was stuff like that that was that made him uh, the special man that he was doing those kind of things. And and if he went on his bike, he was in his car behind mm-hmm. him. And um, like even like Zell, my son, has a a, a friend who's a, a cross country kid and. You know, just hearing about him and his relationship with Coach Charter, you know, to know that he's still doing it after – how long ago did you graduate? I graduated in 89. 89. So, you know, you're talking – He's still doing it. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. See, I mean, people people like him, they're my heroes. Yeah. That are in the community, impacting children. I mean, you think about that, 89, 99, 2009. I mean, he's been impacting all these – For almost 40 years. Well, he was there before. Yeah, I mean, he impacted yeah. my older brothers. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I mean, just think about that. I'm like, Lord Jesus, when I was so reading all the cool. comments, I'm like, help me be as impactful as him in my community because that is awesome. Yeah, that the impact of student, the amount of students, like people are flying in 
Eric, you you flew in from Tennessee to mm-hmm. come and be a part of this mm-hmm. funeral. I know uh, Stefan's coming. Stefan's coming from Carolina. Carolina. Like, <laughs> Lennon's coming in. You know, people from all over are coming back because of the impact that the Coach Charter made. And, man, yeah, I'm like, I'm with you, though. Like, that's the kind of impact I, I, want, I would want to make, you know, on, on, on people. And knowing that people are flying off from all over the place uh, to come back to – to celebrate you. So, uh, what other events, you know, talking about just events in your, in your lifetime here in Guthrie, America, what's some other events that stand out to you? Oh man. I mean, we always enjoy 89ers. You know, I remember going to get my little 89ers outfit because you know, you had to look good. You had to look good. You had to look good. You had to be fly. You had to be fly. And so, um, but just, you know, just growing up in a community like that, you don't realize how much you cherish it. Until you you look back in the rearview mirror, you're like, man, that was so fun. That's what I was just telling you. I got to bring my children here for a celebration. So they, you know, the carnival thing, you know, you've taken them to all the big theme parks, but it's nothing like, <laughs> you know, going back and doing it the way you did it as a kid. So they can see that, you know, these are the things that help shape your dad, meet people like Coach Tarter, you know, people in the community. Um, they've met Mrs. Mrs. Love, my third grade teacher, I took them to meet her, you know, so they can see, you know, go back and honor people who yeah. poured into you. Don't just go off somewhere and be successful or whatever. And don't for- and forget about the people who helped you. You know, you go back and thank them, shake their hands, you know, tell them how much they meant to you. So that's very important. Yeah. Yeah. 89 is what other event was there that, st- that, that stood out? Well, I mean, like I said, my dad's a pastor, so... <laughs> We had many of, um, you know, three, church events. 3 p.m. musicals on a Sunday <laughs> where we would render an A and B selection. But um, we were. Uh, but those were pivotal moments, right? Oh, those, yes. Yeah, those, those events made an impact on oh, you. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. 89ers, though, but so church church events, Wednesday nights. I mean, and later in life, you know, like we were talking about the Wednesday nights at uh, Nova Avenue. Like we we started having Wednesday nights in New Life too that yep. that would have a, a really good crew yep. uh, uh, of, of students and stuff too. So t- talk to us about the temple. Like the, once you moved, because once you got to high school, you moved over to, closer to the temple. Mm-hmm. And then do you remember uh, the hangouts that would occur over at, by the temple? Oh yeah, I mean we the church being right next to the house. You know it kind of created a rallying point i mean so the midweek service man we had at least 40 50 ch- kids in there yeah i mean that was a that was a big service for such a small town like that yeah. and so you know dad he kept it interesting and then you know we would get out of service and we could not resist the big yard over at the <laughs> temple you had to go over there and play a little football like football yeah just so out. people come wash their cars because you know you had to the, uh, the, the car convenience wash. store over there and the car wash. Yes. And, uh, people coming and hanging out. And those are some of the, the times that I, I remember most, too, as far as, man, it would be so many. Oh, yeah. So many of us, young and old. Mm-hmm. You know, not just uh, – it wasn't just young people hanging out over there, but you had young and old, which was really cool. Even on the weekends. I mean, once we moved over here, this was kind of like a, a stopping point for a lot of our friends. Yep. <laughs> so they would meet mom and dad. Uh-huh. And mom give him a sermon. Yeah. And, uh, you know. On the porch. Now, do you remember Miss Moreland? It, oh, yeah. Am I saying her name right, Miss Moreland? We said Miss Moreland. Miss Moreland. Yeah. 
Do you know how you – because I was asking somebody, an older person from Guthrie the other day, if they knew who she was. But I can remember if I was saying her name right or how you spell it. Yeah, that's Mrs. Moreland. Okay. Yep, that's how you say it. And she lived on the west side, right? Because that's – you know, yes. we had to go get her whenever it would flood and mm-hmm. she'd come stay at the house with us. Yes. Uh, but, man, did she have kids or anything around here? She had some children that would come to town, I think, periodically. I, I, I don't remember them. We were younger. Yeah. And so – she yeah. was, yeah, she was very instrumental in our lives. She, she, she come and give us Bible lessons on Fridays. Now, now another thing that doesn't happen any, any much anymore that often are floods. Do you remember the flood days? Oh, yes. <laughs> it doesn't flood here anymore? That's no. good. Yeah, no. Uh, they, it may flood, but it's every blue moon. Oh, okay. Say. Like, it's very, it, it, it doesn't happen very often. I, I think. They had cleared out the creek or something. Whatever was building it up. Okay. Uh, they kind of cleared that Changed out and, out. and okay. got that and got that fixed. So floods don't happen anymore. Then also they they've now structured and built the bridge. I think I'm saying this right. If I'm saying it wrong, somebody can let me know. But they they did the bridge in such a way that it's higher, mm. and so the, they raised the elevation of the street. We called it the viaduct. The we viaduct. Were, yeah. At that time we were saying it wrong, but we. <laughs> <laughs> Until I looked it up in the dictionary, so it's not a dock, <laughs> but that's what we call it, the by dock. Now the rumor is that Grandpa proposed to Grandma on that that bridge. Is that, is I that hadn't true? heard that one. My mom in the background. Saying, he proposed yeah, to her on the viaduct. Wow, you didn't know that? I did not know that. Yeah. So uh, when they tore it down, I think Grandpa got emotional. <laughs> <laughs> he was he got a little emotional behind that so. i guess so i guess i get emotional too yeah they took a place where i proposed to my to my honey poo but yeah uh no, so that's a cool story that, yeah no that's that's a really cool story now when you come to guthrie now like what what are some changes that you see oh man i mean it's totally different now we didn't have a mcdonald's until i got in high school <laughs> So now you got McDonald's and you got Burger Kings and everything here. So it's a, it's a lot different. Yeah. But I mean, it's I still feel that same community here, though. Uh-huh. I still, you know, like I said, when I visit friends, you know, oh, where's so-and-so? Oh, they're here. They're so-. A lot of them still live here, which yeah. is kind of cool. I can go see them. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, a lot has changed. I haven't been in the Victor Mall. Is it still a mall? No, no, it's 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 nothing at the moment. Okay, there's nothing happening in 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 the Victor Mall right now. So, um, but there are some buildings down there. I'm sure that like if you went through downtown, mm-hmm. you'll see and um, you'll see a lot of those kind of changes, like Daylight Donuts. Oh yeah. So like Daylight Donuts is no longer uh, there, but that's that's where everybody was getting their donuts back in the day. Now we have this place called Missy's. Have you been to Missy's? It's a donut shop? Yeah. No. Oh, you need to go to Missy's. Yeah, that might give me a reason. I like a good cake donut with some coffee. Uh, That might give me a reason to get some carbs, (laughs) some sugar. (laughs) Yeah, no, you got to go to Missy's. And then let me see what – now, are you a coffee guy? Yeah. So have you been to Hoboken yet? Mm -mm. So Hoboken is a coffee shop here that, like, people come from all over. Hoboken. Hoboken Coffee. So the people who own it named it after Hoboken, New Jersey. I think they either went there or something like uh, that. Okay. And so I think that's the story. I'm, I may be making that up, but I think that's the story. And then also, have you been to Rick's? You haven't been to Rick's for chocolate? Mm-mm. Where is that? Downtown? Yeah. Downtown Guthrie. So Rick's is also a coffee shop, but also known for their chocolate. Like, it's really – it's. I, I want to say the third – now it's not big when I say this. Don't think it's something gigantic, but like the third biggest coffee making 
place in Oklahoma. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's in the back of a coffee shop. But I guess what when you think about that, there's just not that many places making chocolate, and they're one of the few, and so they get a lot of orders and things like that from. But uh, so those are three places that you definitely probably should check out while you while you rolling. Around, I definitely need to do that. Uh, get through America uh, this week while you're in town. Uh, so do that now. Let's talk about. You, so people can kind of get to know where you're at right now, right? You leave out of uh, Guthrie, you go to OU, you graduate from OU with what kind of degree? And, Indu- and why did you pick that degree? I picked industrial engineering um, because they said it was a people engineer. They said you don't have to necessarily stick with, you know, equipment or petroleum engineering. You more you work with equipment and people and processes. And for some reason that just – you know, it uh, triggered something with me. And I love it. I love it because that's exactly what it is. You get to design systems for, I work in manufacturing, so I get to design processes and, and how we're going to ar- arrange the equipment and how we're going to train people to use it and uh, and things like that. So it it really is a people engineer. People are a big part of what, what I do. For example, give us a, for an example, you've worked in what kind of industries and what? In- I started out in automotive. Okay. Uh, building vehicles, uh, working with Ford, Chrysler, GM, and then I switched over to a company making your Sharpie markers. Mm-hmm. So we made millions and millions of Sharpie markers every year. And so now I work for a company, we make uh, automated equipment. So robotics, grippers, and, and, and actuators, and, and power clamps, and things like that. So whenever you see robotic automation, something being picked up, we make that piece that actually picks something up, suction cups and things we call end effectors on the end of a robot. So it, it's a pretty cool company. It's it's totally different than what I was doing before making markers, but it's, it's still engineering. <laughs> yeah. Well, you went from cars to Sharpies to <laughs> robotic arms, you know. Right. And yeah. a little oil and gas in between. A little bit of oil and gas in there somewhere. No, that so that kind of shows you how uh, diversified that particular uh, role allows you to be mm-hmm. in the work that you do, which is super cool. And I always like uh, hearing talk, talk talking to you about your job when we get a chance to talk about it. Because, like, I, I remember you talking to me about the Toyota way. Mm-hmm. Is that like a training that you got to talk about walking through process, or was it more leadership? It's both, actually. It's uh, have it's uh, it's built on respect for people. So whenever you build a system or a process or a factory, you know people are your greatest asset. You know, you can build robots and you can do all that. But if your people aren't the central part of what you're doing, it can fail really quickly. So a lot of what the Toyota way is built around is people. The The man who started it uh, in Japan, uh, w- one of the things that motivated him to do it was his, his like his mother and grandmother were working, uh, building like these uh, fabric uh, pieces, like clothing and things like that. And he, he was so... Uh, wanting to help them because he saw how hard they were working to do it. And he wanted to come up with more efficient and safe and easier ways for them to make it. So the very foundation of it was helping people. Mm. That, and that's why he started it. And so I still use it. You know, I still have all my Toyota Way books because the principles, they always work. Yeah. What's been some of the, uh, some of the, uh, what's, what, how can I say this? Like some things that have, been your best memories about working in the industry that you're working now up until this point i mean i think part of it is just being able to travel and work with different people um a big part of what i do now is um like how can we transform our operation from one level to the next and so a big part of that is people transformation so helping people go from 
an assembly level tech one person to a tech two mm. and helping them progress and helping them expand, you know, what they can do and their skill set so they can, you know, be a better blessing to their family and so forth. And so a big part of it is is helping us transform our, our, our operations. And so a big part of that is helping people transform. So that's the that's the part I get a big kick out of it is seeing people just develop and it helps our operation develop. And so it's good for everybody. Yeah. You know, so it's good for our industry. It's good for our country when people are constantly, you know, learning new skills yeah. and developing themselves. Now, now knowing did you tell us some places that your job's taking you? Oh, I've worked in Alaska. Um, I've worked in Japan. Uh, I've worked in Mexico. Um, those are the main places. What's been your, which, which place was your favorite? Oh, wow. They're all favorites of mine. Um, I knew I didn't want to work in Alaska for a long time because I was there just for the summer and they described the winter to me. And I was like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm out. Yeah. Don't even offer. Don't even make so, the offer. But the people were awesome. Yeah. Uh, during the it summer. It's beautiful out there, right? Oh man. We could play basketball till midnight because of the, the, you know, it's still yeah. bright outside. But, um, and then Japan, I loved it because the people there, they, um, they really teach you how to, how to use technology um and mm. and and help it advance you and so and i like mexico because the people there were just so so good to work with you know in terms of uh helping you learn the language they encouraged me hey eric take this class you can learn spanish and so they they would push me to learn spanish while i was there but um just hard working hard working people so i, I like different aspects of each one yeah because i learned from each one so i enjoyed them all uh so in, in your journeys of going different places to work, you ended up in Tennessee, and you talked about uh, being married, five children. Talk to us about Tennessee and some of the uh, milestones that happened for you in in Tennessee. Yeah, we I moved to Tennessee um, with my brother Tim and uh, the pa his pastor at the time because they were into uh, writing Christian music, which. That's one of my biggest loves is uh, right worship music. And so uh, they started there and built a church. And so I remember asking Tim, how can I get to Tennessee? Because I was an engineer in Chickasha, Oklahoma at the time. And so um, I found out that our company had a, um, a position open in a small town, Pulaski, Tennessee. And so I applied for it. I got it. And it was a few weeks later, my, my, my car and my few belongings were in a semi and I moved to Tennessee. And so I started a band there. Uh, I call it the Philadelphians. You remember the Philadelphians? Yeah, uh -huh. You're friends with some of them, uh, the members of that band. And so, um, but um, that was the thing that attracted me. That was the music and the worship, Nashville Music City, USA. And so I've, done music there uh released a lot of music um been on worship teams and developed a lot of fun relationships there of course met my wife there my blessing dion and um had our five children and so you know i've got one in college now and then four little ones that keep me busy um <laughs> keep me young and so uh it's been fun i yeah. love tennessee uh what what's it like being a, a father like tell us some some things that uh, that you appreciate most about being a dad. Oh man, I mean, being a father teaches you so much. So um, just learning how to to be a given person. If you um, if you if you if you're selfish, 
having a lot of kids, that's going to pull it out of you. Because <laughs> yeah. they, they, you know, they always, hey, what are we going to do today? You know, my daughter was asking before I left town. So when you get back in town, what, what are we going to do fun? You know, I'm a daddy's girl. I'm like, you just milking it. Yeah. And so they, they keep me busy. And so my family is, is obviously a big part. And then serving in my church, serving in my community, Boys and Girls Club, um, you know, helping feed the homeless, you know, downtown Nashville, Murfreesboro. Uh, Toys for Tots is a big thing we do there. So every Christmas it's it's a huge operation. But just serving in the community, getting to know people, uh, make, you know, making sure it's, it's a uh, – a giving thing and then teaching it to your children of course yeah so whenever we whenever i do a lot of that i take my children with me so that they can learn to be giving god has blessed you so you know you bless other people so that's awesome and and of course we gotta you gotta talk about your wife uh maybe tell like did you chase her she chased you like how did that how did that happen and uh just talk tell us about some highlights of being married man she hounded me until i said yes <laughs> <laughs> that is not true <laughs> now Dion, she was uh uh she was a um uh she attended the church when i first got there and so um of course i went through my brother tim i said hey would you ask that young lady would she be interested in going on a date because i wasn't brave enough to do it bada, bada, bada. and so he he asked her and he came back and um i said so what did she say and he said, Eric, the first thing she asked me was, what is his vision? I said, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. She's my kind of girl. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we got married uh, about a year later. And um, she's been a mighty, mighty blessing to me. She loves children. I mean, she she loves the Lord. Um, and she loves, uh, you know, just being part of the community. She's, she's very involved in uh, the area that we live in. Of course, with the children, you know, she knows a lot of people in the community. And things like that. She started a business there. She got uh, a uh, home decor shop there. So uh, she's heavily involved in the community too. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Well, we do this thing, uh, hashtag Choose Guthrie here. Whenever you hear hashtag Choose Guthrie, what comes to mind? I think about family. I think about um, community. I think about um you know, godly examples. Mm -hmm. Most of the examples we had, there were people who, you know, encouraged us to walk with God, whatever we do. Um, and then, you know, just be good people. You know, I feel like some of the basics have been lost today. You know, just be a giving person, be a good person, mm -hmm. you know, speak to people, you know, look them in the eyes when you talk to them and tell them thank you. You know, a lot of those things that were just we can we we took it for granted. Yeah. But when you don't have it, it jumps out at you. And so um, that's what I think about, because that's what was put in us. Our parents, you know, they put that in us. And the other thing I'll say is um, our parents put in us, you know, um, having your identity in Christ and not in what you do, mm -hmm. you know, and not in things. And so that's always helped me, you know, regardless of what I've done in life. I've always seen myself, you know, number one, as a child of God. Mm. And so that has kept me anchored regardless of something didn't work out the way I wanted it to. Well, you know, I still know who I am. <laughs> so, you know, I've got that as my foundation. So that's what I really appreciate, you know, all the all the things that they put in us. So awesome. that's what it means. Awesome. Awesome. 
Well, Guthrie America, thank you for listening in for another uh, on on another Guthrie America story. Eric, thank you for uh, stopping by and, and being willing to share your story while you were in town. Uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you for hitting that play button for another episode of the Guthrie America podcast. See ya.